message let's get with your friends and your family let them know that worship is beginning uh, let's begin to get our virtual house churches going as we dig into the word of the Lord together we know that we've been making this challenge of being silent no more and specifically we have been talking about breaking the unholy 
silence, breaking the unholy silence. And the last time we were together, one of the statements that I made is we want our holiness to be loud. And so when we talk about unholy silence, what I'm really dealing with is anything that is prohibiting you from saying and doing what God, God has called you to say and do. Unholy silence is not simply just not speaking, but unholy silence is when you're not saying and you're not doing what God has called you to say or do. When you have a refusal, either through rebellion or ignorance, to move into the things of God based upon how you think things should be done or what you think should be said. So the statement, and I want you to go ahead and write it in the comments as you guys are listening to me right now. I just need you to say, I want my holiness to be loud. I want my holiness to be loud. Now, with this in view... I want to look at a familiar passage, and I have here four particular principles that we're going to do from this passage, and we're going to be looking at David and Goliath, but I don't really want to look at the battle in and of itself. I don't want us to focus on the battle. I want us to focus on the circumstances leading up to the battle between David and and Goliath. We all know what happens there. Sometimes with stories such as this, David and Goliath, David and Bathsheba, or the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea, or any story like that, Jonah, um, you know, the three Hebrew boys, we can take these stories and because we believe we've heard them so often, there are nuances and principles and, and understanding and training that we can glean from these passages, but we read over them. So, there are four particular principles um, on our silence, on this unholy silence that I want to bring out. So let's, let's paint the picture a little bit. We have the Philistines on one end and you have the people of God on the other end. And as we see these two groups, they have, as the scripture would say, and I'm going to get to the scripture in a minute, they have aligned in battle ray. And now we have Goliath who has come down from the Philistines and he is shouting at God's people. And as he is shouting, he is telling them and he is mocking them and he is saying that they can't beat him and what they won't do. And they are at an impasse. Pay attention. They're at an impasse here. Uh, the people of God, the king won't sin. Anyone, Saul is not sending anybody down to fight Goliath and the Philistines are steady taunting. And Goliath is saying, if you can beat me, then that's it. But if you can't beat me, we uh, we will reign. We, we will rule. And, and, and it's interesting to watch what is going on. And, and I want you to just in your mind's eye to see these two armies in battle array with a valley in between them with Goliath there and the people of God who had seen all of these wondrous works, who had all of this information, all of these stories of what God can do. They are literally frozen. Right here is a moment of un holy silence. Let's look. The one verse that I want to read to you 
is in 1 Samuel. That's where all of this takes place. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. This is while everybody's in array. I'm going to get to these principles and we'll, we'll walk through this together. Then David, 1726. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him saying, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? I need to read that last part again. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? So I have the armies of the living God, the children of Israel on one end. I have the Philistines on another. And, and David, David is here. He's just a little boy. He hasn't long been anointed. He's actually just bringing lunch to his brothers and he shows up on the scene and David cannot understand what is going on. He cannot wrap his head around the reality that God's people were literally stuck out of fear. He cannot wrap his head around the reality that the people of God, the armies of God, as he called them, were unwilling to fight against this giant. David cannot wrap his head around the reality that this giant was taunting God's people. David even calls him uncircumcised. What was David saying about him? This is a guy that doesn't have a covenant. Glory to God. Because circumcision, that cutting, was a sign of a covenantal relationship with the Lord. And so David is asking the question, who is this guy that does not have a covenant with the Lord? Who is this man yelling all of these threats and taunting us, but he is he has no inheritance? He he's not an heir. Why are you allowing someone like Goliath? to make you silent. And David can't figure it out. And so he asked this question. He's trying to figure out, I, I don't know why you guys are sitting here. I, I, I can't figure out what's going on. And, and, I, and, I, and the reason I, I paint this picture this way is I have a question here in my notes. Why are you allowing your giant to take your voice? Why are you allowing your giant, glory to God, to take your voice. If we want our holiness to be loud, why are you allowing the giant of your past to take your voice or the giant of fear to take your voice or the giant of what somebody is saying about you to take your voice? Why are you allowing the giant of emotion or any other giant to take your voice, especially when those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord should have a covenantal relationship with the Lord. Why are you allowing the devil who was kicked out to take your place who has been engrafted in? And so David can't understand it. David can't figure it out. He wants somebody to allow their holiness to be loud. Fight this man. I speak that to you right here at the beginning of this message. I need your holiness to be loud. I need you to cry aloud and spare not and lift up your voice like a trumpet. 
I need you to declare the wondrous works of God. I need you to walk in there and say, if God be for me, who can be against me? I need you to recognize that greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. I need your holiness to be loud. You cannot allow the giant to shut your mouth. And David doesn't get it. And this really brings me to these principles that I have. Here's, there's just four of them. Number one, silence, watch this, allows your giant to maintain position. I'll do it again. Silence allows your giant to maintain position. What you refuse to speak to will only dig its heels in. When the giant comes down and the giant is in the valley and everybody is in battle array, when the people of God, when the armies of God wouldn't come against Goliath, it enabled Goliath to maintain its position. I speak right now that some of you who keep saying, I've been dealing with this a long time. I've been struggling with this a long time. I've been going around and around with this a long time. is because your your silence has allowed your enemy to dig its heels in. Anytime you are silent, you allow your giant to maintain their position. If you want that giant to leave your house, you have to begin to speak the word of the Lord and not override the power of God by speaking your flesh and your emotion. Come on now. And I don't mean that you have enough strength to to outdo God when I say that. What I mean by that is you have to watch death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what you choose to speak, you have to choose to speak life. God is not going to butt himself in like that. You got to choose to speak life because if you're speaking death, you reap glory what you sow. So silence allows your giant to maintain position. Some of the things that you're sick of, some of the things that you're over, some of the things that you're tired of are giants that have dug their heels in because every time you open your mouth, you're opening your mouth with the strength of frustration instead of the anointing of God. I need your holiness to be loud. Your cussing has been loud. Your fussing has been loud. Your anger has been loud. Your bitterness has been loud. Your unforgiveness has been loud. But today I need your holiness to be loud because if you can speak the word of the Lord, if God before you, if you can speak the word of the Lord, your giant has to back up. Y'all know what ended up happening. You know the end of the story. So why are you allowing the giant to take your voice? Principle number two, hope you guys are taking notes today. Silence allows the voice of your giant to bring fear to everyone in your circle. <laughs> silence, your silence Your silence allows the voice of your giant to bring fear to everyone in your circle. Wait, 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 wait. So here it is. We have Saul. We know Saul is king at this time. We have Goliath. Goliath is shouting threats. And watch this. 
Saul as king, as leader, is just as much afraid as everyone else. He was unwilling to even lead by example. He wasn't going down in the valley. And so what happens? The army that he leads is afraid. The entire army is afraid because there was no one willing to cry aloud. There was no one willing to let their holiness be heard. There was no one willing to say what David said, who is the man that is that is causing you to be stagnant that doesn't even have a covenant? Come on, y'all. You are allowing yourself to bow down to people who don't even have a covenant with God. Come on. Those of you who have said, yes, you need to go ahead and pull on that covenant. You got to pull on the promises. The promises of God are yes and amen. And you got to believe it. We got to walk by that faith. We've been saying it the entire time. Whatever report comes, whose report will you believe? Either you will believe the report of the Lord or you will believe the report of the circumcised Philistine. You know how this Philistine looked. You know how your giant looked. He had on great armor. He was a man of great stature. He was a man of great strength. He's so strong that somebody had to carry his weapon, but he didn't have a covenant. So it doesn't matter. I feel God. It doesn't matter how big he is. It doesn't matter how strong he is. It doesn't matter any of that. He didn't have a covenant. And I know my God to be a covenant keeping God. I just declare to someone listening to me today, it doesn't matter how long it's been bad. It doesn't matter how long you've been going through it. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter how you feel. I know God to be a covenant keeping God. Somebody right now needs to say, God, let my holiness be loud. And you need to reach up and grab a hold of that covenant with all that you have. And you need to ask yourself and everyone around you the question, why are you backing down to someone who doesn't have a relationship with the God of of heaven and earth. Why are you backing down to someone who cannot speak to mountains when we have a relationship with the one who said, let there be. So please understand silence. When you're silent, everyone around you is afraid. If you would just open your mouth and begin to say what God has called and fashioned and anointed you to say, the people around you who previously operated in fear would begin to have some strength. So, so let's go back over our principles. Principle number one, silence allows your giant to maintain their position. When I'm silent, the enemy digs its heels in. This is why many of us have been dealing with this for this long. We keep talking, Bishop. We keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you need God to talk. You need God to speak. You need to be praying saying, Lord, give me your words. I need the word of God. I need divine, supernatural communication to proceed out of my mouth. Number two, silence allows the voice of your giant to bring fear to everyone in your circle. Please understand, you can either strengthen your circle or you can degrade your circle based upon what comes out of your mouth. Here's principle number three. Silence plants, watch this, seeds of confidence with the giant and everyone who supports the giant. Oh, silence plants seeds of confidence with the giant and everyone who supports your giant. Pay attention here. 
every time you let the giant speak and that giant doesn't hear you respond in holiness, the giant gets more confident and everyone who supports that giant gets more confident. One more time. Every time you let your giant speak and that giant doesn't hear the response of the Lord, the giant, remember, because he's already maintaining position, gets more confident and everything that supports that giant gets more confident. So when you have people around you who are being influenced by the devil, who you have given your ear and they continue to speak the word of darkness into your life. When they do not receive back from you the word of life and there is no rebuttal, but there is a, watch this, a haughty approval when you're saying, oh yeah, and, and listen, if your circle only hears you complain, if your circle only hears you doubt, if your circle only hears you with anger, if your circle only hears you with frustration, the enemy that breeds that in you and everything around them is getting encouraged. You are literally watering the garden of darkness in your life and in the life of the enemy all around you. You are literally sowing seed of darkness. You are sowing seed of degradation. You are sowing seed that is holding you back, pushing you back. Because listen, every time the devil speaks, they have to hear the word of the Lord. I need some proof. Look at what happens when Satan tried to tempt Jesus. When Satan tried to tempt Jesus, Satan would speak, the Lord would respond. It is written. Satan would speak, the Lord would respond. It is written. Satan would speak, the Lord would respond. It is written. But what happens to many of us, Satan speaks, we respond, that's true. Satan speaks, we respond, I am mad, ain't I? Satan speaks, we respond, I shouldn't have to go through this, should I? Satan speaks, and then we post it, and we get other people encouraged. And so now, my giant has dug his heels in. My giant has brought fear to my circle, so now I do not have a support system, and I don't have encouragement. Oh, I'm coming back to that. And then my giant is gaining confidence because the giant will continue to mount their attack when they recognize that you don't have a spiritual rebuttal. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. When the people around you lose hope, when the people around you lose confidence, you are literally setting the stage for their demise because many people around you are looking up to you and waiting on you to break a cycle. They're, that's not fair. They shouldn't put that confidence in me. You don't get to pick what you're called to do. And you got to understand, I got to speak to somebody right now. Somebody in your family is waiting on you. They are waiting on you to break the generational curse. Somebody in your family is waiting on you to actually come out of depression and come out of low self-esteem. Somebody in your family is waiting on you to be the first one to own a business. They're waiting on you to be the first one to graduate from college. They're waiting on you to be the first one to give birth to a child. They are waiting on you to be the first one to break the back of sickness, disease. They're waiting on you to be the first one to break the back of poverty. They are waiting on you to have a healthy and sound marriage that will not uh, come and, and bow down to the ways and of the world and the enemy. They are waiting on you to have a healthy relationship with your children. And every single solitary time that you bring your struggles to them, you are literally ingraining a mentality within them that if they can't make it, then they believe that they can't make it either. 
Listen to me. People who look up to you, they look at you and when you bring them all of this drama, they say, well, man, God, if it's, if it can't happen for them, it certainly can't happen for me. And so you have to be careful. Silence, let's go back through them, allows my giant to maintain a position and to grow in that position and dig their heels in. Two, silence allows the voice of your giant to bring fear to everyone in your circle. And, and listen, that's why some of you right now needs to say, Lord, let my holiness be loud. Because if your holiness can be loud, I promise you that everyone around you can get the victory. I'm talking about we got to get to a spot where we want to see everyone around us win. We got to get to a spot where we want to say you win and you win and you win. And I come against the spirit of pride and jealousy that is in the body of Christ. I speak again against schism that is trying to break us apart because if I see God moving on someone's behalf that is in my circle, that means God must be on my street. And I receive that right now. I receive that God is in this environment. And if you receive that, come on, you need to just begin to get your words right. Because even though God might not be in front of your house yet, if you can hear him in the neighborhood, glory, if you can hear the Lord in the neighborhood, do not allow the words that come out of your mouth to condemn you. You got to speak life. But I don't see it yet. No, no, no. But I can see it happening for somebody else. And you got to encourage your circle. You got to encourage those behind you. You got to encourage those around you because if they can see you doing it, if they can see you doing it, then they can believe that they can. Please understand that. They can believe someone's waiting on you. Number four, silence. Let's, let's go here. This is my last principle. Silence pleases those that either can't or don't want to see you be all that God has called you to be. One more time. Silence pleases those that either can't or don't want to see you be all that God has called you to be. Where do you get that from, uh, Bishop? Pay attention to when David gets there. David shows up and he's looking around and David cannot understand why the people of God are letting someone without a covenant bow them down and back them up. And his brothers, come on, Jesus, his brothers are like, why did you even come out here? What purpose do you have? Are you trying to embarrass us? Come on now, because there's always going to be someone who should have opened their mouth that feels bad because you're willing to open yours. And so they will try to talk you out of being anointed because they're not willing to walk in their anointing. You're always, and watch this, pay attention. They were his brothers, not the other soldiers, which means that the very people who are, watch this, oftentimes willing to watch you fall are some of the closest people to you. Be careful of those people that are around you who do not want to see you rise because your elevation would, would would highlight the fact that they're unwilling to be elevated. Be careful of the people around you who do not want you to operate in your anointing. Be careful of those around you who are applauding your silence, who are applauding you. And what, what do you mean by that? When I say applauding your silence, I'm talking about applauding you, not doing what you're supposed to do. They know you're out of order, but they keep telling you they get it. They know you're out of order, but they keep saying they would do the same thing. They 
they know you're out of order, but they keep saying that it's okay and it's all right. And they're not pushing you to holiness. They're not pushing you to righteousness. Those are the brothers. Those are the ones that would prefer for you to just go back home and be comfortable outside of your anointing because glory. By this time, David has already been anointed king. By this time, the oil has already been poured on his head. And these same brothers were frustrated because they're not the one. Somebody in your life is frustrated because they want to be who you are. They need to go ahead and get their relationship right with God and be who God called them to be. But please, please, you got to make sure that you are not bowing to the words of people who refuse to acknowledge and or promote and or applaud and or encourage your anointing. God, I need people around around me that will push me into holiness. I need people around me who will tell me to open my mouth. I need people around me who will push me into God's best for my life. I need people around me that will not settle for my laziness. They will not settle for my frustration. They will not settle for my voice not to be heard. Your voice, people of God, we need to hear your voice. We need the anointing of new worshipers. Yes, we need new worshipers to flood this earth with new and fresh songs. We need need new prophets to come and speak as legitimate prophetic voices in the earth. We need the apostles to come and take new territory so that God's kingdom can be established and extended. We need glory, the evangelists to actually do more, but we do more than just go out and try to quote unquote win souls, but we need them to break up. Mm-hmm. We need them to break up and go into places and, and, and call forth and speak forth. We need your voice. This is not the time for you to say somebody else should do it. Oh, this is not the time for you to say, I'm not prepared. Please understand. Be careful of those who are not willing to push you into God's best for your life. Be careful of those who see you in sin and they continue to justify that sinful behavior. We need your holiness to be loud. So silence allows, number one, the giant to maintain position. Two, silence allows the voice of your giant to bring fear to everyone in your circle. Three, silence plants seeds of confidence with the giant and everyone who supports that giant. Four, silence pleases those that either can't or don't want to see you be who God has called you to be. Let me give you just one bonus here. Be careful when you make up your mind, like, okay, Bishop, because some of you right now, you know, I, I, I pray that I'm speaking strength into your body. I pray that I'm speaking strength into you and that, that you recognize that the enemy that you've been afraid of doesn't have the covenant that you have. I need somebody who's listening to me right now. I pray I'm speaking strength into you that you right now, I'm talking about today, you are about to allow your holiness to be loud. But when you get to this point, this is pivotal. When you get to this point, be careful of who you allow to craft and shape you before you speak. Oh, be careful of who you allow to craft and shape you 
right when you come to your moment of readiness. You know, and, and, I, and I hear this in the spirit. Many of you got up just enough courage to walk into your calling. But the, but the danger was you, you put yourself in a position to be crafted and shaped by someone who actually was jealous of your calling instead of pushing you into your calling. Be careful. Be careful. Some of you got right to the point where you were like, okay, I'm going to walk in my calling. But then you got connected to something that was, was trying to craft your anointing after theirs. They wanted you to clone them <laughs> instead of growing closer to the Lord. Be careful with who you allow to craft and shape you before you walk into that valley with the giant. What does the text say about it? Well, it's easy because here it is. David is willing to fight. He's ready. He's looked around. He doesn't understand. He understands that this giant doesn't have a covenant. And then he goes and Saul brings him and they said, hey, this guy is willing to go fight Goliath. And Saul says, put on this armor and, and watch this for a moment. Don't overlook the text. For a moment, David had the armor on. Glory. For a moment, David has the armor on. Glory. For a moment, David has the armor on. He has the sword on. And he comes to himself. And he takes all of that off. And he says, I haven't proven these. None of this stuff has been with me. None of this stuff has gone through what I've gone through. I got to go into this battle with the only anointing that I know, with the only thing that I know works. I got to go into this battle the same way I fought the lion and the same way I fought the bear. I got to go into this battle with this slingshot and these smooth stones. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't try to, to, to walk in somebody else's shoes and somebody else's call and somebody else's method. You got to say, God, show me who you have called me to be. I want to walk the best version of my anointing. I want to be who you have anointed me to be. Come on now, you cannot be Saul when God has called you to be David. You cannot be Saul when God has called you to be David. You can't do it. And so be careful because sometimes when you're under a Saul, Saul wants you to be just like them so that they can get the credit for fashioning you. Be careful because God wants to get the credit. This is all about Jesus. You want your holiness to be loud. We want people to see the Lord. We want people to be excited about Jesus. We want Jesus to be the most famous name on earth. I'll do it again. Silence allows your giant to maintain their position. Two, silence allows the voice of your giant to bring fear to everyone in your circle. Three, Silence plants seeds of confidence with the giant and everyone who supports your giant. Four, si silence pleases those that either can't or don't want to see you be who God has called you to be. And I gave you a bonus. Be careful with who you allow to craft and shape you before you speak. Don't let this giant steal your voice. Your giant doesn't have the covenant that you have. We want our holiness to be loud. I'm challenging you guys. Speak up, but speak right. Hey, speak up now, but speak right. Do the will of the Father in the earth today. I appreciate all of you who continue 
to pray for me and my family and this church. We are praying for you. But I need you to apply. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer. I appreciate all of you who continue to give. Your giving just continues to keep us being phenomenal stewards. Just continue to give your gifts. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer.